Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a match marketer, my dad is the best. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I have a good fortune to be interviewing Bruce Wozniak. He is the owner and president of Tampa, Florida, based Now Hear This which specializes in management, promotion, and booking in the entertainment industry. Bruce has clients on both coasts and worked with singers, songwriters, bands, and more. He's been a speaker at the Young Songwriters Workshop that was held at the at ASCAP in Nashville. He's scheduled to be a panelist at the Driven Music Conference, presented at the Content Marketing Summit in Tampa, and is putting on a Promoting Your Music Career Workshop in Pensacola Beach, Florida. He's also the host of Now Here This Entertainment, which has gotten listeners from 120 countries around the world. The show has been delivered on time every week for two and a half years now, with guests ranging from participants on American Idol, The Voice, America's Got Talent, to Grammy Award winners, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, and even the lead guitar player for Garth Brooks. The show has spanned a companion ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book, containing tips for up-and-coming entertainers. Bruce, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely, Seth. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's go back in time a little bit. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the friendly confines of Buffalo, New York. How about that? But you saw the light and you moved someplace warm. <laughs> uh, what was your childhood here like? Uh, I would say it was typical, um, depending on how you define typical, just, uh, you know, um, nose to the ground, going to school, making sure I got good grades and um, you know, raised by my parents in such a way that if there was something that we wanted, whether it was a 10-speed bike or a stereo or something of that nature, then we had to come up with a way to make money to earn our keep so that we can pay for those pleasures ourselves, and, and that's what I did. That makes a lot of sense. Um, what did your parents do? Um, my father worked for DuPont, um, and my mother kind of changed jobs from time to time. She spent a lot of years uh, working for what at the time was Collier World and eventually became Sherwin-Williams. And uh, her father owned an open-air uh, fruit and vegetable stand, a produce stand at an open-air market. So that was kind of uh, my first foray into the working world was 
working for my grandfather on Saturday mornings and then, you know, did the typical stuff like having a paper route and eventually um, became a young entrepreneur with uh, with a friend who we started our own lawn mowing business and, you know, really thought we had hit it big time when we added a dry cleaners to what had only been residential customers. Wow. Congratulations. How did you get from there? How did you get in the music business? Well, uh, when I moved down to Florida, um, what I was looking to move to Florida other than the snow. You know, it was really just kind of one of those things that I had always considered relocating. And uh, at the time, the job that I was in was about to relocate from Buffalo over to New Jersey. And the only place I had ever really identified as someplace I would like to relocate to was Florida. So I thought, well, if they're going to move out of town, then this is probably about the only time that I'm ever going to relocate if I really do it. So I up and moved to Florida and then fast forward to when I ended up in this part of the state, the greater Tampa Bay area, because I started off in Jacksonville just for practical reasons to have an aunt and uncle that lived there. So it gave me a place just to get my feet on the ground and start looking for work. And when I ended up down in this part of the state, uh, started with a church that I was going to call home and still do to this day and right away fell in love with the voice of a girl that was singing there. And because of my entire background in PR communications type work, just really kind of on a volunteer basis, asked her if there was anything I could do to help her out, assuming that she was singing outside of church. And she was, and I did. And then how did you get from there? Well, you know, that was something where I was really doing it just because I, I admired this girl. She was in high school. I thought she really could use some help. Her dad was a real estate agent. And, you know, this was something that she enjoyed, but she didn't know anything about promoting herself. And so once I saw that I was having some success with her, even though it was just kind of a I'm doing this on the side, I thought, you know, I can make a business out of this um, and, and, you know, was certainly enjoying it very much as well, which obviously is, is a big part of, you know, what, what we should all be striving for when we do what we do. So I thought that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go from volunteering and helping out this girl to actually making a company. And uh, so now here this was created formally in 2004. And how did you attract, uh, what systems did you put in place to attract clients other than the first girl you were working with? Well, it became kind of a, a combination of things. You know, you would start hearing about different events around town. I would go out looking for talent. I would get myself into events that needed judges so that I could find talent myself. And then I teamed up with a local recording studio and started making contacts that way in terms of referrals, them sending clients to me, uh, you know, me getting tips from them on, on where some events were around town where I could find and identify talent. And those really kind of laid the foundation for what eventually became quite a referral system. And really, I, I was in a part of town and still am that, you know, isn't the city of Tampa proper. So it's pretty uncharted territory in terms of the talent that's in this area, not really having anybody around that's looking for uh, talent like themselves. So it's been a nice marriage. It sounds like it. What are some of the biggest mistakes you're finding you know, these uh, performance entertainment, they're at, they're making that you're helping them fix? Well, a lot of them really just are so set in their ways that they don't really have the information, uh, quite frankly, about promoting themselves. They're so focused on getting out there and getting more gigs and performing 
what they're not realizing is that there's so, so, so much competition that they need to have a story to tell. And they need to build their brand through that way instead of just saying, I'm good, this is my price, when can I play there? They have to have a track record. They have to have something that can get the attention of the venue that they're trying to get booked at. Otherwise, they're no different from every other email that's coming in, every other phone call that's coming in, every other unsolicited stop-in that a lot of these people are doing to the places they want to play at. So I've really kind of shaped their story for them and kind of built something that they could be proud of and, and have a professional image so that whether this person is going to their website to check them out, going to their official YouTube channel to watch some videos and listen to some music, whether it's something physically that they're handing over, it's a first-class presentation the whole way. Again, instead of just this attitude of, I'm good, I've been playing for X amount of time, this is my rate, which is very competitive, please book me. That makes a lot of sense. What type of, so then what type of services do you help them with? What is, I have, typical client hire, what is the typical client hire you for, and how does that work? I have a long menu of services, and really, Seth, I pride myself in not being a, a do-you-want-package-A, package-B, or package-C kind of guy, because I realize that if I'm working with a band, say, of four guys who are all in their 50s that just want to play here in the Tampa Bay area on the weekend, they're going to need an entirely different set of services from, say, a 19-year-old girl who's a singer-songwriter that wants to do original music for a career, doesn't mind traveling, and sees herself wanting to do this full-time someday. So I will offer things like, let me get you booked somewhere. I will offer things like, let me get you some interviews on radio, on TV, in the newspaper, internet, podcast. I will offer services like, if you are doing original music, let me do what a manager should be doing in the music business, which is get your music copy written for you. Let's get to the studio and get your recording. In the meantime, I'll get a photographer. We'll set up a photo shoot. We'll get a graphic designer to do the artwork for your CD. I'll work on the actual distribution so your music's getting out into iTunes, Spotify, CD Baby, all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, the actual manufacturing of the CDs, as well as, of course, behind the scenes, doing a website for them, overseeing their social media for them, there's really a, a long list of services. It's even things like their stage presence. Filming them, not only so that we have video for them online and, and pictures for the same, but watching them, sitting down with that video and looking and saying, here are the good things that you're doing and here are the couple things that you have to work on. And what I love, Seth, is that they're all so critical of themselves that when I start rolling that video, they watch it and they automatically start critiquing themselves. So I don't have to come across as the bad guy, even though I lead with the positives, they eventually see, wow, I really do this a lot, or wow, I really need to change that. And this whole list that I'm giving to you right now is the whole package. It's the, the whole professional image that we want to present. Because again, the old, you only have one chance to make a good first impression. Over my long career of doing this, I have had lots of examples of you never know who's going to be in the audience, good stories that I love to tell. And as a result, that means that you really do always have to put your best foot forward, yes, on the stage, but on your website, on the materials that you have at your live performances and so on, so that when this one person does come along, they look at you and they say, I like this person. I want to help them. They're, they're doing things right. That is awesome. What do you, what sort of systems do you have in place to deliver those, what they're looking for? Well, again, a lot of those projects that I talked about, a lot of those services that I offer are very tangible. Those are 
things that someone can actually hand over. Here's my merchandise. Here's my CD. Here's my, and the list goes on. Uh, here, here's my website address. Check me out online. So I have all these tangibles that they can look at and say, okay, wow, Bruce has given me a lot of things. And in return, outsiders can look at them and say, wow, I like what this person is doing. You know, the, the thing that I thought I was doing to, to market my own business was to launch the podcast that you mentioned in the intro uh, because I thought, you know, I do have to attract new clients to my business. And I thought if I have this podcast, there's going to be someone listening in insert city here that's going to say, this guy sounds like he knows his stuff. I should see if he can manage me. And as is the case with so many of the new mediums that come along over the years, it, as you well know, the world of podcasting is just so huge that it's really turned into an animal in and of itself. So that's why when I am servicing my own clients, I will make sure that when I'm looking for interviews opportunities for them, it will be the traditionals, radio, TV, newspaper, internet, but I'm also making sure to get them on podcasts also because a lot of these guests that I'm talking to each week are telling me how much collaboration they're doing with people that they're finding on the internet, with people that they're finding on SoundCloud, with people that they're finding on platforms like that. So it's really opened up a tremendous opportunity for performers nowadays, for songwriters especially, that they can collaborate with other people online. And so if I can put my clients into positions of visibility where they can be found, then more doors are going to open for them such as those. That makes a lot of sense. So with all that... uh you've done and all the success you've achieved and the amazing relationships you've got, what's your biggest challenge now? Time, time and, and time management. You know, there's, there's not enough hours in the day. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled with the level of clients that I'm starting to get approached by in terms of potential clients, I guess I should say. Uh, but fitting that all into a day that doesn't go from the morning I wake up until, until the moment that I go to sleep at night, um, you know, really becomes a challenge. Uh, but, you know, I'm trying to put some, some things in place internally to, to make that more manageable. Um, and at the same time, as long as I see that I'm still giving my clients what they need and what they want, uh, you know, and that no one's really suffering, no one's really lacking, then at least I can continue to, to put these new things into place behind the scenes so that it's a seamless transition to only being able to work for them more efficiently. That is Terrific. Now, what is the best advice? I mean, if you think about entrepreneurs, you know, we have a roller coaster. You know, we are on top of the world when everything's working right, and there are days you want to stay in bed when it's not going so well. <laughs> what has been your highest and what has been your lowest and your highest entrepreneurial moment, and what did you learn from that? Uh, I would say, um, I would say my highest entrepreneurial moment, um, you know, would, would just be, uh, it's, it's on behalf of a client, but I, but I think it's, you know, testimony to my work ethic, um, you know, which is one of those opportunities where I had someone out performing and someone just really took to her and came to me and one thing led to another. And they said, you know, I've, I've got some contacts. This is here in Florida. I've got some contacts back in California where I used to live. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see your girl here, you know, really get some, some big opportunities open to her. And lo and behold, uh, a couple months later, I was sitting in a coffee shop in Hollywood having lunch um, with someone who to this day I have stayed in touch with and have met with as I've continued to go out to California. And this is someone, mind you, 
that's been nominated for an Emmy Award, been nominated for two Golden Globes, and just has music credits, you know, that, that would impress anybody that read his resume, you know, whether they know much about the music business or not. So that was a real high point for me was, you know, to have her in a position where obviously, you know, the, the song and the talent have to be there, um, you know, but, but to be able to turn that meeting, that chance meeting at a performance into me sitting with someone who I've now nurtured, you know, into a very trusted contact, a very respected contact, you know, really has, has been a, a highlight for me. Um, you know, in terms of a low point, I, I think, Seth, that um, you'd probably agree that anytime you lose a client, uh, it's, you know, it's a low point and you need to learn something from it. Um, one person in particular stands out in that, you know, this was one of those young girl stories where uh, I saw the potential and she didn't have anyone working for her. And we got started. And to my, uh, to my discredit uh, this time, instead of to my credit for what I did with the other girl, um, we didn't sign the agreement right away. I just got to work and started doing for her what I do for everyone else and actually had my agreement with the attorney kind of asking, like, I think it's time that we redo this from now on for people that sign with me. And so this girl kind of fell into that gray area and I was two and a half months in with nothing signed and she disappeared and didn't pay me a penny for all the work that I put in. So, you know, what I learned then is get everybody to sign even before you do the first hour of work for them. Uh, and hopefully 95% of the time the people will be honest and will have no intention of walking away from you like this one did. Um, but I only needed it to happen once to realize that, uh, you know, being a nice guy and going into business, um, you, you can't be so nice that you just trust everybody that, of course, they're going to pay me. And so, needless to say, everyone since then has signed with Now Hear This before I've started working for them. Yes, that is absolutely a painful lesson to learn. I've had my own share of, oops, you know, never going to do that again. So I totally get that. With all that is constantly changing I, in, in your world, how do you stay on top of it all? Uh, I'm glad that you asked that because I, my, my blog that I'm writing today is about uh, professional development and, and encouraging young performers that you can't just focus on how is my stage show, um, you know, how is my songwriting, how is my album coming along, that they need to get out and network, they need to do professional development. And so what I do is <clears throat> I keep my hand in all these different things. I belong to uh, a chamber of commerce. I belong to um, a business owners group. I belong to a podcasters association. I do read industry blogs and all these different types of events that I attend, whether it's a social media marketing world, whether it's podcast movement, whether it's a Google summit, a Facebook summit, um, these things all keep me current as best as I can on all the different things that I need to know about that I can in turn apply towards servicing my clients every day. And for those clients, if we have, who is an ideal client for you? Well, you know, there's really two sides to that question in that uh, the clients that are paying me on a regular basis on a monthly retainer, they are performers. Um, at the same time, I do have some non-music clients. I have an Olympic athlete. I have some authors. I have a couple small businesses. The flip side of that is clients in the sense that 
if I'm booking someone to perform somewhere, I'm considering that venue to be my client that night, even though we may not have a long-lasting ongoing agreement where I'm sending them entertainment continually. I do want them to have a good experience with me so that they'll say, that person that Bruce sent us was really great. The next time we need entertainment, we're going to contact now, hear this again. So those are the ones that I've actually been spending more time on lately, Steph, is is trying to find those quote-unquote clients and make sure that I do have more and more venues and events for my performers to go and perform at. And that could be restaurants, that could be weddings, that could be corporate events, that could be uh, you name it. Any place that is looking for live entertainment, I, I want to be in, in the conversation so that they know that they can call now, hear this, and have a variety of options to choose from. That makes a lot of sense. Where can our audience go to learn more about you? Uh, www.nowhearthis.biz, and that's spelled H-E-A-R, and at nowhearthis.biz, there's plenty of links there to now hear this on social media, as well as all the different links to listen to the podcast, uh, be it iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, or to listen right there on the website. All right. This has been Seth Green with Bruce Warsniak. Bruce, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks ever so much, Seth. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.